Oh, wait, you didn't tell me you were going to be recording this. <laughs> Let's peace these broken pieces together. All right, guys, we are on episode. What episode is this now? Seven. Seven. Thank you. How sad am I that I don't know my own episodes, but my guest does. <laughs> I may have just read it on your text to me. Okay, good, good. Episode seven, Fumble Podcast or P Humble Podcast. I've had I've had people say that. So which thought, one is it? Exactly. I've had people say that it they thought it was P Humble because of my name. And then humble because I have the P lowercase, as you you probably see it. So, what what is it? What did you want it to be? I wanted it to actually. So I was, and I've talked about this before, but it's funny. I I um I wanted it to be uh something re- about humility. I mean, the whole point of this was to have like the f- main point was for me to listen to my guests talk about their experiences and passions, whatever they wanted to discuss. And mm-hmm. for me, the idea was to learn something. And then the audience, whoever's listening, um, the five people that are, <laughs> they, they, would, uh, <laughs> they, would, they would also hopefully gain something from it. So anyway, togetherness, humility. So then I was like, okay, well, what can I name it? And then um, I was like, in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m., I woke up, I'm like, fumble and then i like dreamt about a fumble and then i'm like oh fumble i wonder if i spell that with a ph and then i was like well my name is p and i can lowercase the p to show humility and then humble can be capital h look at you yeah so humility with a lowercase yeah so but anyway fumble or p humble works and uh i think i i talked to shada she was like just call it one because then it's going to get confusing. People are not going, <laughs> yeah. n- not going to know what it is. So for all intents and purposes, it's Fumble Podcast. That's how I started in my head. But okay. if you th- In if my you- head, it's P-Humble. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it all brings you back to the same, hopefully. Anyway, my guest today is a long friend, old friend, known her since I guess I was 18. Um, and... Uh, very good special dear friend of mine all the way from Canada and she's moved there and we're going to talk about that too a little bit uh Roz how you doing Roz oh my gosh I'm so good and I just wanted to give a warm welcome to your five listeners (laughs) thank you so much for being here today we love you we're here for you hope that you get something exciting out of this um doesn't I'm get more humble well. than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. And to go off of your introduction, I'm actually not a long friend. I'm a short friend. Uh, <laughs> so if anyone's curious, unfortunately, I would definitely veer towards the side of the short end of the meter stick. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to be here, not just to talk about happiness and me and you, but also to catch up because it's been a while since I've seen you, Pej, and I'm really excited to do this. I'm so supportive of you doing something new and creative, and really that's all part of the journey, so I'm here to support. 
I really, really appreciate you being on. And actually, creativity is one of the things that um, made us close friends to begin with. So you know? true. Isn't that? So we, we started, I mean, back before even UC Davis was a thing, right? We were, we were, um, we were friends through just different uh, youth activities. And then you were like, hey, I can sing. And then I was like, hey, I think I can sing. And then... <laughs> And then we just started creating. So Roz has had some of the most creative videos back in our youth. Like she would come up with these great uh, either covers of, of um, popular songs and then, or we would just make dance videos for no apparent reason, but then they turn out to be awesome, fun experiences. And one of my favorite ones that we did was remember in Michigan's old apartment, we made happy Yes, oh my God. so relevant. We're going to have to like... Yes, so relevant, so relevant. And that's actually a good segue because I wanted to talk about happiness. And one of the happiest friends I have is you. <laughs> You're always bubbly and happy. And um, and it's great. Like it's it's inspiring to begin with. And then also like it's a learning moment for me personally because I tend to let the real world like sometimes dictate my mood but every time i talk to you i feel like you dictate the the mood of the world around you which is which is so important and i want to like really delve into that and the mindset that that brings and what it takes to if it's even it's probably effortless for you because <laughs> you all you just you're just born that way i feel but um but uh, maybe i'm i'm wrong so Tell the audience, how do you adapt, adopt this happy mentality and see the glass half full um, all the time? You know, it is so funny that we're talking about this now um, because we have been living through a pandemic. And I think that like the person that I used to be when I lived in California feels so different from where I am now. And it's been a lot of like challenges along the way. And I feel like just the idea of happiness and what comes naturally um, has, has shifted a bit. So I feel like before, yes, it, it did feel effortless. You really like thrive on the energy of the people around you. And we were very lucky to have such an amazing friend group. Like all of us were just such happy people. We had very similar interests. We laughed in the same ways. We laughed at the same things, maybe yeah. a little too long. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I feel like happiness during a pandemic, especially has been, hard and it takes effort and it's not you know something that comes naturally like you really have to work at it because there's so many things happening and I'm sorry like I feel like this is like a really serious real fast but no uh, it's okay it's okay there this are is... so many things happening in this world that can easily bring you down and I think that like for me personally um this past year has been one where I just kind of wanted to call up in a crawl in a corner and mm. roll up and uh just yeah. kind of stay and just like ask someone to wake me up when it's all over because it's been really hard on so many different fronts all at once to all really intense like which is why I think in many ways this past year has felt like 10 years because it's just been a lot to process and a lot of growth a lot of um 
needing to be an advocate, a lot of just really eye-opening stuff. But um, how? Um, no, it has been a, 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 for lack of a better term, a tragic year for many. COVID being obviously the one we all share, but then individual losses. We've you've gone through one. I've gone through one. Shada has gone through one. So we've all kind of been, it's just been pouring, right? So uh, more important than ever, I feel it's it's vital that we hang on to our happiness and, and find find the silver lining and, and look for the positives. And, and that's why I wanted you on because you're like, a, to me, you're one of the best examples of that, even though you're saying it's been hard for you too, which is obviously you're human and we all are, and we all go through these emotions. And um, sometimes it's worse than other days. Um, so how, first of all, condolences to you. I know you've had a recent loss, so um, we don't have to get into it, but um, I just wanted to let you know and i let your sister know that i'm always here for you guys and um yeah we 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 have a lot in common through the goods and the bads and it seems like our our um worlds always align whether Mm -hmm. it's good or bad like i feel like we go through similar things and and um anyway my what i wanted to get into more deeply is with all of the things to be down about and you just said that this past year has been um, extremely tough. Uh, how did first of all, let's preface all of this by explaining to the audience how did you end up going from Northern California to Canada? I know, but I want the audience to know. The five people want to know. <laughs> hey, five people. So um, uh, I'm Roz, and as you know that now, so. Yeah, I born and raised in California, purebred California girl, love that state. It is totally the sunshine state. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, about three and a half years ago, I moved to Canada uh, to follow this crazy thing called love. And um, <laughs> so I- crazy. So crazy. Um, I met uh, my husband, and he wasn't my husband at the time, obviously. But um, I met him, and we were doing the whole long distance thing. He lived in the Toronto area, so yes, I'm on the East Coast, not in sunny, beautiful Vancouver where it rains a lot. So, like sunny, yes, but relative, relative. (laughs) Um, So I'm on the East Coast in Canada. We're doing a long distance relationship, and uh, in the continued conversations we kind of saw that this was gonna go the um full length and um yeah we we decided that it would make more sense for me to move to Toronto and that is what I did and I've been here for three and a half years and it's been such a journey I feel so blessed uh for the people here because I think that it would have made my transition so much more challenging had I not had um a supportive group of friends and um my husband's family is also fantastic he has a brother who's his best friend and Blair remind me so much of me and my sister who we're like inseparable. So it's just nice to have that close knit bond with family and friends. And yeah, it's, it's been a wild journey. So initially when you, um, 
made that decision. I'm sure it wasn't easy. I mean, you, you had to let go of everything you essentially knew. I know you traveled a lot before um, uh, your marriage and everything. And I know you lived in Boston for, for a time. And this is all throughout school and after school and, and, and all of that. But um, this is a little bit different, though, right? Because it's more of a permanent thing. Um, and I know that I, I just put myself in your shoes because I, tr- I lived in the East Coast for a while. I separated from my immediate family for about a couple of years. And I know that the, by the nearing the end of that two years, I was like really homesick and I wanted to come back. Now, this is before marriage for me. And um, luckily, my wife decided to move here. So I was lucky in that sense. Um, but how was it for you having to upend and pack everything and move to a, not only the East Coast, but another country? So Canada, right? Like. Um, I mean, you kind of chose a good time to leave U.S. So That's what everybody said. They're like, you're doing this on purpose because it was 2017 when I left and Trump yeah. was elected 2016. And they're like, you planned this, didn't you? I know. You trust I, know. Me. I did not. You upgraded. Stick it. You know, I wanted to stay in America and feel like I was part of this like hard time. We were all going to go through it together and live through Trump's presidency. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, um, so, yeah, I mean, you left dur- during that time. And then obviously we had no idea what was to come here in, in the States. But um, how was it just on the more personal level when you had to leave your best friend, your sister, and then um, and then your parents? With these, I mean, I know you how close you are to them. So, like, that, that sacrifice essentially, was it even a sacrifice? How did you look at it? Um, I, I definitely feel lucky that I've had many experiences up to this point living in different places, whether it was Boston, whether it was LA, which isn't that far. And I had a chance to live in Zambia for a little bit, which was really nice. I think a lot of these experiences prepared me for how to keep in touch. Mm. But um, I think the easy thing about all of those previous experiences is that I knew they were temporary. I knew that there was a time period, whether it was two years, whether it was one year, whether it was a few months, whether it was four years, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. I knew that there was a timestamp. Whereas with this, um, that's not the case. And I think that I also was in a long distance relationship for four years. So I had four years of preparing for this moment mentally, knowing that, this could be my life forever. I I could be moving to the other side of the country, to a different country. um, And that could be the rest of my life. And, you know, I have so many friends who have been in similar situations where they got married to someone that lived in a different country. And the distance that they are from their family is much greater than mine. So I think that I definitely kept that in mind. And I saw that my situation, I feel very lucky that it's only a six hour flight. It's not 14 hours, um, let's say, or 24 hours, whatever. Um, yeah, shout out to Sure. She, <laughs> she did that. <laughs> she did so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I definitely feel very blessed that I am not that far, but 
I also think that like when you get married and you get married to someone who lives in a different country, you end up doing a lot of stuff at once. So in the same year, I left my job, I got married, had to plan this wedding, got married, um, moved to a different country, we needed to find an apartment, we furnished it. Um, I had to figure out permanent residency, work through all of these things. And then I needed to find a job. And within one year, I was thankfully able to do all of those things. So it felt like a lot. And I was like, holy moly. But um, yeah, I, again, like I, I give so much credit to the support system that I have here in Toronto, um, which I can say with full certainty that had I not had that, this would be a very different conversation and it would have been really tough. And I don't think that I would have made it like this far because um, I, I truly believe that you can live anywhere in the world. I could live in, and I don't want to say a random state because I probably like someone's going to live there and be like, it's not that random. So I could live in the ends of the earth Um as long as I have a good support system, I think that I'll be set. As long as we've got good people, as long as like myself and my husband feel like we have others that we can share our challenges with, you know, share the happiness, go on a walk with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the biggest thing for me. And of course, as part of that support system comes family and um, I feel very lucky that um, obviously Arsh's family is here. It's not that he moved somewhere else and we're away from his parents too. I feel very lucky that we're close to his family. Yeah. And it's hard for me to imagine um, a time in my life where we would be far from either parent. So yeah. if if we don't live in Canada and if we don't live in Toronto, it's because we're living in California near my parents because right. I, I don't really see... Um, and in between. Um, and I think it, the only reason that that would happen is if there was some financial reason where we just couldn't live in one place over the other. But I think for my happiness and what I need in my life is to have that support system, to have those people that I can turn to um, in situations and just laugh with, because that's another coping mechanism for me is just to be able to laugh and yeah, we've shared some great laughs too, you we and I. We sure have. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so the the you just mentioned it. Um, the support group it it definitely helps with your happiness. But can I say though that when I when I've seen you in all those different situations, right? Whether it was Boston, L.A., even uh, Zambia, I I want to say like when I would talk to you about any of those situations, you always had a positive outlook on it right so my thing is yes it helps with the support group right but there has to be a decision made Mm, right there has to be a decision made to that you're going to choose that route of happiness that's right right so um so it's kind of like the chicken or the egg right which one comes first do you make the decision to be happy and then the support group is is like reinforces that um but i know people who have that support and are miserable so you know it's like it's it's you're so right so i'm wondering how did you at what age did you decide i mean you kind of always had it i've never seen you be negative on it and i'm being honest i'm not just saying that i i've always seen you like look at everything with a positive light so um and that that is uh like contagious like when people are 
start feeling that, right? When they're around someone like that. So how, how do you decide that, right? On a day-to-day or even on a year like this where it was really tough for you, um, how do you wake up and say, I'm going to live my life to the fullest or I'm going to be super positive about everything when it's, when it's the hardest to be? How do, you, how do you make that choice and then go through with it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think you're absolutely right that happiness at the end of the day is a choice because you can give someone all of the riches of the earth and you can give them everything that they ask for. And at the end of the day, it's a mental thing. Like, so if they are not going to look at the positive and they choose to focus on the negative, um, that's on them. And it's, it's so hard to describe as to like why I choose to look at the bright stuff. Um, but I think that probably hardship and, and the, the challenges in my life have helped me realize how lucky I am when things are good. And you mentioned this, but like, yeah, this has been a tough year. We, we had a really unexpected and sudden death in our family. And that was really, really hard. It was hard because of COVID and I couldn't go back home. It was hard because I, you know, re- remembered. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I remembered how far I was from home yeah. and how I don't have any family here and I, I don't have anyone. I have yeah. a very little like family here, but I, I do have my support group, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and it's, it's just a reminder that, that life is so unpredictable. It, it can be so unfair uh, it doesn't make sense. There are no rules. You can work as hard as you possibly can and uh, get to a point where finally you're reaping the benefits of the seeds that you've sown. And then that's it. And you're done. Life is over. Like there's no, um, there's no announcement. There's no heads up. There's no, for example, in this situation, there were no underlying conditions, nothing like that. And very often that's what happens in life is that death comes unheralded. There is no banner or any sort of, um, and you know, notice that you have a few days to live. And even in those situations, let's say there is some sort of notice. What, what difference is it really like, does it really matter if we have a heads up or if we don't? And um, actually once this happened, once the situation happened, of course, it was just absolutely devastating for the family. But it, it really set me back. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is my purpose here? What if if my day was tomorrow? What can I look back on? What can I show for that? Where yeah. what do I have? And, um, And sometimes, you know, maybe we didn't accomplish the things that we wanted to do. And, you know, in COVID, maybe like we weren't able to because a lot of, there were a lot of barriers in the way, a lot of obstacles. But one thing that we do have control over is our attitude and the way that we see the world and the way that we interact with people. And that is something that no matter what happens in your life, whether you're locked inside your house, whether you're traveling around the world, or whether, you know, in the face of the most seemingly insurmountable challenges, you have a choice 
and how you want to uh, present yourself, how you want to look at the world. And I think that's something that I really take to heart all the time. And, and it's so hard sometimes, especially when times are tough, but I really choose to just focus on the fact that like, Hey, I don't know how much time I have on this earth, but if I can just be, you know, someone who adds to the light that's already in existence, then that's great. Like, I think that sometimes it, you got to just make it as simple as possible for yourself. Cause yes, what I like to, you know, establish world peace, hell yeah. Like, sign <laughs> yeah. me up. but like, yeah. That also feels really overwhelming and I don't even know where I would start. There's so many things that when you just sit down and think about all the challenges that exist, I'm just like, I think I'm just going to sit here in the corner for now. But, you know, when I think about things like, okay, I'm going to go grocery shopping and I need to drive to the grocery store. And this is something that I need to do. Like, I know it seems so simple and trivial, but um, I can choose whether I let the car in front of me cut in or not. I can yeah. choose whether or not I smile when I enter the store and the lady is there with her little hand sanitizer. Yeah. I can choose that when I'm walking through and I see someone who's behind me making room for them to make sure they feel comfortable picking up their produce because we want to give each other space mm-hmm. um, for safety measures. And again, I know I'm like simplifying this more than I need to, but these are all choices. These are all choices that I make. And these are, it's the same choice when it comes to happiness. It's, it's, it's up to me and it's up to you how you want to see the world and how you want to let today look, because maybe you wake up and you totally miss your glass when you're pouring your orange juice. And it's like, yeah. oh, I hate this. You <laughs> started off awful. This is the worst. But where you can step back and be like, that's really not a big deal. Like, it's okay. And um, we're just going to continue forward. That's, yeah. um, it's oh, so important oh. that you say that. Because you said it, you're simplifying it. But it it is, I, I do agree that it is, it is simple in the sense that it's an everyday decision. So even with small ones, like what you said, letting someone get in front of you or someone, uh, you know, like when they're walking into a store, like it's that consciousness to like, to always have it in your mind. And it takes effort. I'm not saying it it doesn't, it does, it takes effort. And it, it goes back to like, I guess, mental strength or mental, uh, endurance to be able to um, consistently try to do that now we're not here saying that like Roz hasn't had like a day that she doesn't want to see anyone or talk to I'm sure you have everybody has but it's about that effort right just that reminder and and how you the perspective of how we look at um, an otherwise like a sad event in our life or or even like a or missing the cup of orange juice like when you're pouring it in like something as small as that to a loss of a loved one right which is the all the ranges of uh different reasons to be down about right but and i know people who who are on the other end of this right i know people who do look at these same situations and and they're more cynical about it right mm-hmm. or they're more they're more like oh screw this right like 
I and I see that I do it myself sometimes, right? I I, I catch myself doing it, I, and I'm by no means am I saying that I figured it out like you have with with happiness, but um, it's an effort thing ultimately. As we as I'm saying, I'm going in circles, but it's an effort thing, and it's harder a lot of days than it's not. Um, but I always look whenever I I feel like they're like it's just raining down as far as like negative events it's this is silly but one of my favorite movies is dark knight and i i always think about the quote from alfred to to batman because it's when joker is like he's playing like eight moves ahead in chess with batman mm-hmm. and, and like whatever batman tries to like get in front of it he keeps saying that joker already knew he was going to do that and he was already like planning like five other things and then he started going through real like down times as this hero right and then he said, what am I supposed to do? Do I break my own rules and try to kill him, right, in the movie? Because his, his main thing is he doesn't hurt, kill people. Mm-hmm. So he, he'll, he'll, he'll put them in prison or whatever, but he doesn't kill them. So Joker gets to his head so much that he, he does this. And then out, he's, like, considering breaking his own rule. But Alfred says the real heroes are ones that can endure. He said, you got to endure and you have to always know that you're probably going to lose a lot of these mental battles, but you have to understand that you can endure the hardship. That's what makes you the hero. It's not, it's not that it's because you're not making the wrong choice. You're still making the right choice in the midst of all of that, right? Right choice meaning uh, he does the right thing, for, like the, the humane thing, right? So. Um, it's silly in the context of a superhero movie, but you can apply that to real life, I think. And, and, um, as cheesy as it sounds, it's true. I think it's, it's, um, you know, I, I get, I get inspired by that and, and I, I think, okay. And then there's real people who've done this, by the way, like real, like real life heroes, you know, you have the MLKs in the world, you have the, um, Muhammad Ali's of the world, right. That, that. They went through so much hardship. And yeah. by the way, in, and their life was in front of a camera. Like most of their life was in front of, like everybody was like down, breathing down their neck. The media was eating them alive, right? The government was eating them alive. Because what were they saying? They were saying, hey, let's unite. We're all, we're all human, right? They were, they were saying, let's have peace, what you're saying, right? And it's a lot to deal with because, and for them to stand up, and and put all of that on their shoulders yeah. and be and go through it and not lose their smile one right and then um keep that keep their purpose up front and and staying focused on their main goal you know it's um that that's like the ultimate um and there are many others and i just mentioned a couple but there are many others who've done something uh, similar things to endure these hardships way harder than than things I've I've gone for through. sure yeah so it's it's humbling I guess uh, to bring it back to the whole nature of this but it, it is it's true because I think if we're humble enough to understand that we're not alone um, there's something peaceful about that I feel like there is something unifying just knowing that just you and I you know two people uh that just happen to know each other but if the two of us have gone through similar 
hardship so specific to loss, like loss of a loved one. Um, and then you, me, and Shada, three different examples. Like my wife, one of my close friends, and my, and myself, we've all gone through this in the same year, gone through this very real thing that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of of loss, but we have it, having that happen within a span of a year. Um, I think to me, I look at that as okay. This is a a, a source of um, looking at it with with the idea of okay, this is a unifying thing between the people that are still on this earth because I can connect with you on a deeper level now, or or Shada, or and you, or Amelia, and 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 you and me. You know, so it's like. It's, uh, but again, that's choosing to look at it that way, right? I could have been like, not even acknowledging that you went through it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's also a choice. So how do you, in times of hardship, how, how does it, how does your mind stay clear enough? And I guess it comes to mental health, right? It also has a lot to do with, um, mentally being able to process all of this. Um, so what are what would you say to someone who like is struggling with that yeah i mean you you also touched on some some really important points and i think that one thing that i think about and and this is this is what i do and it's not necessarily like not everyone is in a place and even myself like sometimes i'm just not in a place to think about this but for me, like I know when I'm going through challenges or tests or hardship, I know that it's an opportunity for growth. Yeah. And um, as hard as it is in the time, I know that whatever it is that I'm going through, I'm going to get over it. And I'm going to look back on that time and I'm going to remember how I've grown and how I've changed. So even with this grief that I carry, um, I look and, and yes, there were moments where I was like, I I just can't do this anymore. And I just need some time and it's okay for me to cry. It's okay for me to just need to step back from certain activities. And there is no timeline. There is no, there is no formula for what is normal. And I I can try and ask someone how they got through something similar, but I I have to also keep in mind that their journey is going to be different from my journey. And I have to be patient with that process. I have to be patient with myself. Um, But just trying to keep in mind that like, yes, this thing sucks and it's awful. And I need to have that. I need to be sympathetic with myself and be understanding, um, but also realize that I am going to come out of this and I am going to be stronger for that. And hopefully one day I can be uh, support for someone else who's going through something similar. Mm-hmm. And it's easier when you've gone through it yourself, because you know, the steps, you know, like the thoughts that goes through your head. Whereas when you're empathizing with someone, you, you're trying like as much as you can to offer things that may be helpful. Yeah. But the reality is like, you weren't, you, you haven't experienced it. So you don't know firsthand what it's like. Yeah. It's true. true. And empathy, that's a great word. Um, I mean, it it takes a lot of that, I think. um, Would you agree that most of that work comes from listening to them as opposed to trying to give them the advice we think? Totally. Yeah. 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 I've learned that the hard way sometimes because I, 
like in my head, I've jumped to this conclusion at times where like, oh, I know what you've gone through. Let me tell you this, this, and this. And then you can bounce right back. And then they look at me like I'm crazy because they're like, you know, you didn't even listen to what I went, what I've been through, you assumed, right? And and that's so important is to remember to, to wait and just listen to their to their pain, listen to what what they're dealing with specifically. And it is very different. You're right. I mean, everybody goes through different experiences. We can't categorize, um, even though the end result might be the similar between two or even bigger number of people, larger number of people. It's each one of their paths must might might have been or most likely has been very very different, and we have to treat every person in a unique way, and we we can't categorize. And that's that's a mistake I think mentally a lot of people make. I make it myself. Um, it's easy to make, to go to that. But again, it goes back to that mental processing and mental endurance that it takes to, to take that extra step. Right. I think don't nine times out of 10, I've learned not to make the easy choice, but make the choice that's correct. And the correct choice is usually the harder choice. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another important thing is that we, I don't want to make it seem like, Oh, if you haven't gone through this thing, like you, you can't offer support. Like, absolutely you can. And I think that I've been on, I've seen so many of my friends go through grief and, and different hardships that I can't necessarily relate to. And sometimes in my own head, I think, well, I haven't gone through that. I don't think that I'll be able to really support this person. Mm -hmm. But the truth is like, you need to reach out, you need to ask questions. And it's okay to say, how can I best support you? How can I be your ally? How can I be here for you? Um, because at the end of the day, I, I think that everyone thinks that there's nothing that they can really say that can, um, you know, make this person feel better. Uh, when in reality, there's actually so much we can do, even if it's as simple as like, hey, just come over and go for a walk with me. Like that would, that's what I need right now. I don't need you to say the right thing. Yeah. I, I, I just need you. And I actually don't even want to talk about this. I just want to want to walk i just want yeah. to be outside of my house something as simple as that yeah it's therapeutic and, and uh, it's different if it's different ways people deal with hardship um how how about someone who doesn't even want to hang out what do you say to someone like that Ooh, that's tough yeah, yeah. you know what again like everyone is on their own journey and we have to be patient with each yeah. other. We have to be patient with ourselves. And so um, in those situations, I think that like, you know, you, you need to give space, but you also don't want to forget about the person. You don't want to let it seem that, hey, okay, you, you, I'm going to unsubscribe from this because you seem to not be receptive to me reaching out to you, talk to right. you in next year. Right. Like, we still right. need to be supportive of the person, even if it is just a little, hey, just wanted to let you know I'm thinking of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you it need anything, I'm here. Uh, but yeah, I think that at the end of the day, people just need to know that you're there for them because like you said, everyone, every single person has not been unaffected by this, uh, this past year. And yeah. I know I said a lot of negatives in that sentence, but <laughs> essentially everyone has gone through a hardship in this last year, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, 
whether it's, you know, in their personal life, um, where whatever is happening, no one has gone through this past year and said, yeah, my life was exactly as it was before. Like everyone has had their own challenge. And for some people, it may feel deeper than for others. But we're all in this together and we all need support from each other. We really need to just make sure that we're continuing to keep our friends in mind. And now that we're all at home, it makes it easier in some ways. It obviously makes it harder in other ways. But yeah. I've tried to use this you know, time at home as an excuse to reach out to my friends that live in other countries and having like FaceTimes with them. And, um, you know, like I wouldn't have done this if you know, pre pandemic, because I'd be so busy, I wouldn't be able to like stay up, uh, up to a certain hour because of the time zone change, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so, true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, we all need love, man. We all need it. I think in it's, this is where I feel like uh, less is more, you know, when when it comes to reaching out to to friends or just family who's going through tough times um sometimes even strangers like i can see it i see it sometimes in strangers again i i'm not and i i can i'm pretty sure i can speak for you Roz. you're not saying that we got this thing figured out nobody nobody's got it figured out we are no experts i i love the topic of happiness but i absolutely do not have the answers i can share with you some of the books that I've read, but I do not know the answers. Yeah. Those books are actually, yeah. Reading I think is huge because you start to learn. I, I talked about this on another episode. I can't remember which one, but it was the same idea of like whatever struggle we're going through. Um, a, a quote from, you wouldn't believe it. Will Smith of all people, right? <laughs> Will Smith in he, in an interview, he said, when he went through his career change from hip hop to acting and all that, and and he still does hip hop too, but and then becoming a parent, and then his previous marriage not working out into this current marriage, and then he has a child from previous marriage. Mm-hmm. So all these challenges, he said, what what he's learned is that, um, and he said someone else told him this, and I can't remember that uh, person to give credit to, but. He said, for, ever, for whatever struggle you think that's so unique to you, he said, there's at least a handful of books written just on that topic. Mm-hmm. And that's so important to remember. I mean, if we just think about that for a second. First of all, a small percentage of humanity writes books, right? Like, how many uh, authors do we have in pers- like out of the se- over 7 billion people in this world? But then, that in that small percentage, there is several books written on your specific struggle, right? Mm-hmm. That we otherwise thought was um, was unique. Yeah. So to me, what that meant, what that meant to me is that okay, that's just a handful of them that wrote a book on it. So imagine how many people are, that didn't write the book are also still going through that. You know. Yeah. So that's how I I viewed that. So, mo- so moments of t- like downtimes or moments when you're dealing with hardship, I, I think about that because I feel like, okay, again, it, one of the worst feelings that I've gone through is feeling alone, like feeling like I'm the only one dealing with this, right? And it's easy to get in your own head and just think totally, that way. Yeah. Or feeling like I'm not, uh, like I'm not understood, right? 
So anyway, this this quote really took it home for me because it made me, and again, I struggle with it still even knowing that this is a real thing where people deal with these specific things. And now what's funny is you can Google your problem and you see like there's like so many articles and or or like a blog or like a community online that's just specific to that. So that's what I, what I meant with strangers because it's so much easier to connect and uni, unify over not just struggles but positive things too um but like or good good events in your life but what what I'm saying is I, I I do believe and I agree with you that with every struggle it's an opportunity for growth I feel like the growth part can be uh the shared love amongst humanity mm-hmm. right because I think you know most of us that are lucky we all wear our pants one leg at a time, right? Like, and so, um, simplifying it to that, and then realizing, okay, everything else is is choices. Ultimately, like we we can choose to approach the day with like the most full. I don't know how to talk anymore, but with the with the most love and and passion and, and joy. Um. Or we can choose to be grumpy, or we can choose to be somewhere in between. It's it's all, it's all in our hands. And so I do want to use that to really get into the mental health aspect of it. Because sometimes, again, I know people who I can see it, and I don't tell them this, and I'm not going to name any names. But my point is that um, mental therapy is so pivotal sometimes, a lot of times. I feel like we all can use it to a degree. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's anyone on this earth that could say, you know what, I actually don't need that. You, you can <laughs> save that for yourself. I don't think there is any person, um, especially now, like, you know, I, I, I can't. And, and you know, unfortunately, there are those people out there. There is this stigma that still exists for whatever yeah. reason, which is really unfortunate because it's this powerful tool that is available to us. Um, but mental yeah. health has been i mean it's a modern science relative to human history but yeah. um i think that's part of it right i mean it's the evolution of thinking it's the evolution of of um perspective and and looking at things differently and i know people who still to this day right and they're not even like um of a certain age that i could again it's easy to categorize but it's all different ages that I've seen male, female, doesn't matter, whatever label, you know, I've seen it all. Right. It's, it's, I've seen all types of people look down at uh, therapy or, or psychology or, or just that whole field um, when it comes to them. Is there not scientific evidence associated? Oh wait. Yeah, there is. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, it's true. And, and, um, so yeah, how would you, have you ever found yourself seeing like, I need to talk to a professional regarding this issue or, or another? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there are lots of situations, you know, there are various things in my life that have made me feel that, you know, this is, this is a tool. And at the end of the day, you know, like, imagine if you broke your arm and you're like, no, 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 I don't need the cast. I don't need the cast. Yeah, like, yeah. No, why, why would you turn this away? This is something that's been proven 
to help you and at the very least start to unpack and, and figure it out um, because we're not professionals. We, I think that the biggest, a lot of the reason why the stigma exists is because people feel like I can figure this thing out on my own. You know, I, I have, I can do the research myself. I can figure it out. I can implement some sort of new behavioral change, whatever it is. I, I can do this myself. I don't need someone else. And I think that that's where people um, don't realize that they actually haven't gone to school for that. You know, there are people that have gone to school that have seen cases similar to whatever it is that you or I remember maybe going through. And for us to turn that down because we think that we can do it on our own is, is a detriment to the people around us because those are the people that are left that have to deal with whatever it is yeah. that you're going through and, and have to do the work of a mental health professional, which they are totally untrained and unqualified to do. Yeah. Um, there are so many people, I'm sure all of us can relate to like seeing someone who's struggling and maybe they, for whatever reason aren't able to um, or don't want or choose not to um, seek out uh, mental health professionals. And then like everybody else is just kind of left there. And, you know, it's like, you see this problem, you, you offer some solutions and that person chooses not to move forward with it. Like they have to continue to deal with this problem, which is only getting worse with time. It's not, I, I've rarely seen a, situation that has gotten better on its own um yeah i mean again that's a lesson of unity right because it's 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 showing that um unity and humility because i think one of the biggest challenges is people who are who are dealing with that again everybody deals to it with it to a degree um no one is can say that they haven't woken up any day that they haven't felt weaker mentally or, or, you know what I mean? And, and emotions has a lot to do with it. Again, I don't, I don't claim or even pretend to know anything about the science of mental health. I'm just talking about my own experiences, but um, I think one thing that's really scary for people who are reluctant to go into that route of therapy is, is, accepting that there's something even wrong wrong yeah yeah because i think there's a lot of emotions that that are involved with that especially if you're in a more more of an emotional person um so how do it that's that's the again i think and you can elaborate on this but that's where i feel like um how we approach that person right how how gentle we are with like reminding them or even if people aren't i just feel like people aren't aren't you know uh oblivious to to it right i think everybody who's dealing with something deep down knows that you know and they're not even they could be not happy about it um but i think that's such an internal thing sometimes for people that they've never discussed it you know, out to either to family or, or friends or anybody. Right. Um, and then there are others who are like an open book. They're open to talking about it, but we're right now I'm focusing on the ones that are more personal. They think it's a personal thing. Right. Um, and not really always maybe picking up on the fact that 
it's it is affecting their surroundings, right? So the same way that positive positive attitude I feel can affect yeah. people around you, the yeah. opposite is true too. So totally, yeah. So what do you think about that? What do you think about those, you know, the people who um are thinkers or or internalize things or or they they're more uh they hold on to it or or they feel that there isn't something wrong, you know, or there there, there isn't something that could use a professional opinion. Um what do you think of that? And it does have I think a lot to do with how you're raised too. And then that again yeah. It all ties together. But I, I think that's the thing is like, truthfully, there is no one answer. It really, there are so many things that could be at play. It could be ego. It could be lack of awareness that there is actually a problem. It could be the way that you're raised. And you know what? Something that is, that, I, that is important to know is that the idea of mental health when we were growing up did not exist. You know, mental health is like, a, a somewhat newer thing that's a newer hot topic now that was not the case when we were growing up I now, do you think do you think it was it's a matter of what it wasn't there when we were growing up or we just weren't really paying attention to it um no no, no I, i'm not saying that the services didn't exist the services absolutely existed i just don't think that there was enough attention on it i think that just in the same way you know, like, I think that this year has been one where we've started to really question traditions, like we've really started to question why are things the way that they yeah. are, whether it's like, you know, Megan and Harry giving this interview and suddenly start to look at the royal family and you're like, huh, that's kind of strange, isn't it? But we've yeah. always accepted that. Yeah. Or like, let's say, um, women who have pregnant women who have miscarriages and, and the fact that like, that's kind of taboo to talk about. And why do women wait three months before they announce their pregnancy? Like what, what's wrong with, you know, yeah. finding out that you've lost the child and like now no one, you have to grieve in silence, you know, right. all of these things that, um, and even this idea of therapy, we talked about it being so stigmatized, like, why is it so stigmatized? Why why have we accepted that to be something where we don't, you know, talk about it? And I think that in time and as we progress through these years ahead, especially, I think that there is going to be a much um, deeper focus on mental health, which is great because I don't know, I can't tell you why we've been accepting things the way that they are and that we've been just um, happy to stay quiet about certain things, stay quiet about our struggles, stay quiet about our grief, stay quiet about our loss. Um, we need to yeah. reach out. We need to speak up. We need to make it clear that, hey, yes, I'm a happy person. I'm going to be very positive and loud and outgoing when I see you. But it doesn't mean that I'm not struggling on the inside. It doesn't mean that I'm not dealing with challenges. I'm I'm just trying really hard to work through it. And I haven't got it figured out. But um, yeah, we, we all need that support. And yeah, at the end of the day, it really is a choice. Like it, it's a choice for me if I decide that, you know, I'm going through something hard and I don't want to seek mental health services, let's say, and reach out to a professional. That's my choice. And that's my choice to continue to suffer in silence and potentially not even in silence, potentially bring down the people around me um, because I chose not to pursue this this path of of obtaining help. 
By the way, and I've done, I've had, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to okay. mention that I've had moments where I, I decided to keep things inside when I was dealing with some mm. real, like real major BS that I had in my life. And I decided to keep it inside. Um, but when I think back on those moments and people who are around me, like I can see that I didn't have to say anything to bring people down. Oh, wow. Right. It's so it's not just words. It's not just how you speak if you're speaking yeah. in a negative tone or positive tone just the energy that you send right like i didn't even catch myself but i'm like sitting there like grumpy and you know but it's like oh i'm not saying anything so no one will be affected but it's not true because people sometimes i don't even know that i'm like giving it off that vibe until shada for example will remind me i almost spoke farsi i almost said nothing <laughs> but yeah um the fob in me came out, but, um, so she'll remind me and it's good that, I mean, she does that, right? Like Shada is bubbly too. Like she, she's very, yeah, absolutely. but she also has down days just like anybody else. But my point is that it really affects her when I'm having one of those days. Right. And then it reminds me about responsibility. Like, okay, I'm not responsible any longer just for me. And the reality is I never was. I was always responsible even before marriage, right? And eventually if we have kids or not. But it's like I'm going to be I'm I've been responsible for people's mood around me and by the way everybody is to a degree because we're all connected I think that energy is we all have that in common. We all have these like core uh um rays of emotions, right? That we all have we all deal with it differently, but we all have it. And, and, um, when we start thinking like, okay, well, if I can help someone have a better day, better day by the way I look, <laughs> by the way I, uh, approach something, why not? Right. Why, why, why do it the other way where if, you know, the saying misery loves company or whatever they yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's true too. Right. I mean, it, it didn't, the cliche, it's not, it's cliche to say, but it's not, um, it's not false it's true but sorry i just wanted to mention that because you were what you were saying that and that reminded me but you can continue on what you were saying um uh no that was great i i don't i i think i lost my train of thought but what that's you my fault actually, no 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 what you said actually reminds me of another important point and that is the idea of resiliency mm-hmm. um and what does it mean to be resilient because we we do, yes, as a group, we all are suffering. We all are being challenged and being tested. And um, at the same time, I don't want to um, ignore the fact that we have to work hard. And in order for us to grow and to gain these new skills and to gain this, like, have this grit, we have to be resilient. We have to be able to work through whatever is being thrown our way. And if we're able to smile while it's happening, well, good for you. But yeah, that's, that's so tough true. too. That but is. yeah, resiliency is another really important point. Um, and that goes side by side and or hand in hand with um, the idea of asking for help. It's okay to ask for help. There's nothing wrong with that. But we as individuals also need to put in the work too to be able to work through whatever it is because mental health professionals are not going to solve our problems. They are going to help us through it. And okay. it's up to us to put in the work. Just like if you broke your shoulder, let's say, I don't know anyone who broke their shoulder, maybe Michigan. my husband. 
and your husband. Yeah. I heard about that, by the way. That's crazy that that happened. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough. But you know what? It's it's a great example of physical resiliency, but the the you know emotional and spiritual resiliency it's it's completely parallel. The idea is that yeah, you go through something catastrophic that's really really tough. But you have to do the therapy, you ha- whether it's physical therapy or a different type of therapy, you have to put in the work to get your strength back. And without that, it's only going to get worse. And, and for example, if you break your shoulder, you have the surgery, and then a year later, you decide you want to start therapy, it's yeah. over, you're yeah. done. That shoulder is boop, yeah. out. It's true. It's true. And and by the way, I hope he's getting he's back to 100% or close to it no I mean he's not at 100% but he's making huge progress like what's great about Arash is that he has a really like low or high pain tolerance and so okay. his physical therapist really pushes him and so he'll um he'll he'll push himself to the limits which is like totally the opposite of me I have such a low pain tolerance I'm like oh that hurts I think we're good I think we're good for today yeah, yeah, yeah. The physical therapist will be like uh, that was five minutes. Like you still have four yeah. minutes. To go. I just I just shook your hand, lady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we have to put in the work. Like no one is gonna do it for us, no matter what it is that we're going through. We may have support around us, but at the end of the day, it's up to us to be resilient yeah. and work through it. And and at the end of it, we can look back and be proud of what we've accomplished and what we've worked through where the bumps were along the road, looking back now, you know, hindsight is 2020. Now you can say, you know what, at that bump, I could have done this better, or this would have helped me, but we won't know that until we've gone through it. Yeah. And, and grief, it's, it's um, dealing with grief of any sort, right? Either shoulder injury um, or loss of someone or something is not even related to you. For example, like, uh, you and I can remember being kids and dealing with um, 9-11, right? For me, and then um, just a quick uh, tangent, because I want to just see how you, what you, your mindset was when, when you were seeing that happen live. Um, For me, it was like, I walked into my, I think it was like ninth grade or maybe eighth grade. I like walk into my classroom and I see the tube TV back then. They had tubes. <laughs> and, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. and then they were like, it was showing the smoke coming out of the one of the Twin Towers, right? The other one wasn't hit yet, the second one. And then the teacher was just watching TV. She wasn't even acknowledging the kids in the class. I mean, it was like that, right? And for me, at, at the age of, I don't know, like 14 or 13, I'm like looking at that and I'm saying, uh, like it was more like is this a movie what's going on like that's how that's how i looked at it but again a young perspective right a 13 year old like how i was thinking then but um and then i literally saw the second plane hit and then i was like oh this is a movie right no but seriously that's how i was thinking but all the kids around were similar we had a similar thing like we didn't even know to take it seriously it was shocking enough that we were like I think it's like a mental defense mechanism where totally, yeah. Like, what is it like a survive survival instinct? Uh, instinct. Yeah. We looked at it as almost like, oh, this has to be a movie. But then that second plane hit, and then they sent everyone home. 
And then we were out of school for like five days. And then, yeah, well, we lived there. I lived in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I yeah. lived in Maryland yeah, at the time. The East Coast, so yeah. you were like actually live watching it. Whereas for me, I was in California. So I was just hearing it on the radio on the way to school. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little bit. We, I was much closer to the events mm-hmm. in New York and then DC with the Pentagon. My dad was working across the street from the oh, Pentagon God. and he got, he came home that same day and he goes, I was, I was like, dad, you, you see the twin towers. I hadn't even heard about the Pentagon yet. I didn't even know that happened. And my dad goes, yeah, I saw the plane go over my head. He said he saw the Pentagon airplane go over his head and hit the Pentagon. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, wait, you were in New York? And then he goes, he was like, no, they, there's a third plane that hit the Pentagon. And then I was like, and again, 13, not really knowing what the Pentagon was. But I knew it was in D.C. And then I was like, oh, my God, there was a third. And then the fourth one that luckily, I mean, not luckily, but unfortunately, people's lives were lost. But it it was in Pennsylvania, right? Um, so anyway, you were saying from a kid in California your perspective um at that young age how did you learn about it or how did you see it and and then i have a point to wrap this topic up um i'll be honest that i was also quite young i think i was in eighth grade and so i heard about it as we were driving to school um on the radio and and i didn't really understand what was happening and truthfully like i feel like maybe my teacher explained it to me but it wasn't going into my head it wasn't until like later that it really started to digest like what is terrorism you know what does that even mean what is what is this idea and then um you know being i'm sure you probably experience a little bit of this too but being of middle eastern descent like how the school kids because school kids like you know, at our age, they also don't fully understand what's happening. Right. They they don't, they see white and they see colors. And so yeah. you, you fit into a certain box. And so, you know, things were associated with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, 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 that's, that's really what I remember. Now that's, that's important that you mentioned that and, and that the kids that were of all backgrounds, right. At the time. And um, they, some of them were were fine and you know they were supportive but some were um you know not so much and i mean i think most kids have experienced bullying to a degree but um the thing is the bully is also as uh like ignorant about life as a kid i was or as you know most kids that age are um so I, my I, b- belief on, on whatever side with this specific incident um, of 9-11 and, and how it was perceived by in the, in the days to come and the years to come um, and how people of Middle Eastern descent were labeled or were, were na- you know, they were name called or, or they were even beat up or sometimes, unfortunately, it was way worse than that, right? Um, uh i feel like the person who committed that uh wrongful act was um like, like i said as ignorant as the kid who was receiving it mm-hmm. um because we were we're much more innocent in the in our minds and we're not a season nearly a seasoned so they we've had to had seen this 
happened from someone we looked up to, right? I'm not saying we had to, or it would be a friend that was choosing to be on either side. And, and we choose to, again, choice. We chose at that age to go with one route or the other. But what I'm trying to get at is, in a long-winded way, is nature versus nurture, right? So mm-hmm. this, can, this can kind of put everything we've talked about um, in one bubble. But uh, the idea of making those choices of being the bully or being the, uh, the victim or being neither, right? Um, or in a, as an adult, choosing to look at things positively versus letting the negativity take over. Um, do you think this is more of a natural, like it's part of our, your nature or not just you, but um, most of humanity, or is it something that's nurture or is it a little bit of both? How do you like, is it learned from previous generations, you know, growing up, you see it. Uh, and even though, you have friends that come from all different backgrounds. It's uh, we don't know what, how their home life is all the time. Right. Especially growing up. Mm-hmm. So where do you think that type of behavior comes from? Is it a genetic thing? So is it like a nature oriented uh, behavior or is it a um, learned behavior or a little bit of both? You're, so you're asking about like the outlook of happiness and like being able to choose how you look at the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, Your perspectives. Yeah. I definitely think it's a mixture of both. And I say that because I've seen, you know, siblings who have very different outlooks on the world and, you know, they were both raised in the same household. They have the same parents. Yeah. Um, I think that nurture or your lived experience um, can teach you a lot. And I think that that's where, um, you know, that's where you're, you're confronted with the choice. That's where the situation comes to you and you decide um, how you want to deal with it. And maybe you see how your friend deals with it. Maybe you see how it's done in the movies. Maybe you see um, you observe different situations and that's where you kind of absorb that and and decide how to act accordingly um but i think that no matter what um oh my gosh like i feel like i'm going down this like rabbit hole this reminds me of a conversation i had with my dad because i was like dad you're so lucky that you had such amazing children like you know like how did you do it what was your secret very humble of you (laughs) (laughs) I mean, truthfully, like Amelia and I, we were like super chill kids. And like, you look around and you're just like, wow, some of these kids are wild. And we did not, you know, my parents never needed to worry about when we're going to get home at night or any of these things. Right, right. I attribute a lot of that to the fact that my sister and I had each other and that Mm. uh, we were so close in age and we were each other's support groups. And thankfully, we were part of the same friend group. So that made that part a little easier. But um, as parents, like it's, it's their job to support these children and, and just provide them with whatever they need so that when they do come into contact with that situation, with whatever circumstance it is, they have the tools to choose what they want to do because, you know, parents are not going to dictate how a child's outlook is on the world. I think Mm -hmm. that if you, if a parent 
or both parents even have really negative outlooks, I think that that's something that will be kept in mind. And I'm sure like kids might be like, oh, I think I know how my mom would respond to this situation Uh uh or how my dad would respond to that situation. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of the experiences in terms of your outlook, it, it has to do with how you respond and then learning from that and being like, mm. okay, that, that, that didn't go as well as I thought it would. Maybe next time I'm going to try and do something differently. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that nature has a lot to do with it, but it's a lot to do with our environment. I think our environment is going to be the place where we continue to make mistakes and we tr- continue to grow and we continue to learn and um, just decipher between what's the way that we want to live our life. What are the choices that we have and what do I have control over and what does the world, you know, like what do I not have control over and being able to reconcile with those two things and finding happiness in that and knowing that I can control this thing, this thing that happened to me, I didn't have control over. So I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm just going to move forward. Mm -hmm. And if I need to cry about it, I'm going to do that because it's my choice how I want to react. And I think it's just such a, it's a, it's a balance of being able to um, be patient with yourself, but also uh, give yourself enough time to move forward and work through whatever it is that's in front of you. That's amazing. So therapy is important in all these aspects, I feel. And um, I think the biggest thing, I mean, it's, it's not just therapy. It's just the idea that we have tools that are available right. to us. So if we tools, decide yeah. that we don't want to use those tools, that's on us. It's not on society. It's on the fact that I woke up and I cut my hand and I decided I didn't want to use a Band-Aid. Yeah. I, I wanted to just let my hand bleed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. I mean, again, simplifying it to that degree, some things are easier to make the right choice on versus wrong choice. And then, um, and then there are people who argue even that it's like, well, if you let it bleed, it'll naturally heal. Anyway, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it, I mean, there's, there's, there's. Um, I know there. This topic is uh, there are a lot of perspectives just on this idea, and and um, but again, I think if we look, we're looking at it as from the perspective of we're responsible for everything around us Mm -hmm. it's this i do believe that that energy is real and i think that energy is um shared amongst everyone like you and i are sharing this energy right now right Mm -hmm. um but we could have had a totally different conversation based on the choices we made along this last hour and and some minutes but Mm -hmm. um so anyway being mindful and um being open to change, being open to learning, being open to growing. Um, and uh, again, feel, knowing that our choices are affecting not just us, it'll affect our kids eventually. It'll make life easier or harder for them. It'll affect um, people around us. Um, and and uh, even even pets, my dog, like when I have a bad day, he feels it. And he yeah. like, yeah and, and their senses are stronger in those i think like they can sense it a lot at a higher children level too. children yeah. totally can pick children. up children parents yeah. um like so, whatever yeah. aura there it is that they bring home 
children pick up on that. And you know, when we say, oh no, kids, nothing's wrong, everything's fine, then they tell themselves, oh, okay, that thing, that sense that I have, maybe I should ignore it because yep. your parents say that yep. it's not a big deal and That's nothing's right. wrong. So I must be like misinterpreting this. Yeah. And uh, some of the, I mean, I have two nephews right now. They're like, uh, one is eight and one is five. And some of the things I struggle with sometimes, and then I listen to them, like their perspective on it. And, and it's so pure and so, um, you know, it's so just human, right? It's so like es- essential human mind. It, it, it's at its purest form. And it reminds me like, okay, I'm making all these reasons to think a certain way. I'm giving myself these reasons from experience, right? From my experiences. My, so experience is, is key in shaping your perspectives. Um, but those experiences, the same 10, uh, a group of 10 people can have 10 different uh, perspectives from the yeah. same experience. So point being, um, thinking about it uh, and, and making the right choice, I think is important. But again, neither of us are uh, professionals in this field. It's just your experience, and 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 I want. That's why I wanted you on here because you're one of my favorite people when it comes to this topic of happiness. Thank you. And I, speaking of that, I'm I was so happy to have you on here. Um, so I'm so happy we were able to do this because yeah, we get to talk about something that. I love talking about, but we also get to catch up, which we... I know, I know. And we have to catch up more, by the way, just offline. We don't have to always use... Wait, you don't think your five viewers want to listen to us catching up? I think I think you added a few today, just based, <laughs> on, based on what you said. No. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I obviously miss you. It's been a long time. Um, we always talk whenever you're visiting here. It's been hard to even visit here, I know, but yeah. I guess the borders are open now or what? How is it? It's I, I, I don't think I'll be able to come until I get my vaccine because in order oh, to yeah. return to Canada, you have to quarantine in a hotel. So, okay. So they're and it's what, at your own expense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more strict there, which is, which is good. I mean, it's strict here too, but uh, California numbers are going down, fortunately. Um, hopefully, there, and then some other states as well. But, um, this has been a learning experience, this whole COVID thing, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've learned a lot. I'm continuing to learn. And again, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for growth. And that's how I, I have to look at it for me. Um, and uh, it is, it's been hard on a lot of families, uh, job security wise, and, and just social, social, the social mind, right? It's harder to see people. It's harder to communicate so all of this i think is has taught a lot of um lessons um and i'm so happy that you were able to get come on here today uh during women's history month by the way yeah is that not a thing over there no, no, <laughs> it, i was like wait i thought it was and then i was like yeah it is march i was like are we still in march i was like april already <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so happy to be here seriously thank you so much for having me you know that i'm always happy to chat so if there's anything or any time that you ever want to talk about anything oh, oh my god just- and absolutely absolutely do you want to plug anything or or you are uh okay without that 
you know, I, I will just plug that I'm so impressed with all of the people that have used this time to develop new skills and new interests and new hobbies. Um, I wish that I could say I was one of those people and I could share with you what cool thing I didn't, I did. But unfortunately, I'm not one of those people, but I would just like to shout out those people. And I just want you to know, I see you, I applaud you, I support you. I love it. I love it. I think that was the best plug. The most, <laughs> that was the humblest plug I've heard. So if, if, if humblest is a word, considering this is a humble podcast. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Roz. Now, um, thank you for having me. Yeah, and and I hope Arash gets better and back to basketball shape because I want to come play with him. <laughs> yes, yes, hopefully. Thank you, Roz. Yeah.